Recently, someone spoke to me, and they said, I, I'm very, very aware that we're in, in very important times, very trying times, times where we have to be paying close attention to the leading of the Lord. And I said, but I can't hear. I can't hear his voice. I try. I want to obey. I want to do the right thing, but I can't hear his voice. And I don't know what to do. And immediately what came to me is our Father never gives you new information until you take care of the old information he spoke to you. Because the thing he spoke to you that has not yet been done, he cannot jump ahead and speak something new to you because the new word, the new revelation, the new thing he wants to do can only work when this thing gets accomplished. He, he can't put Joseph... into Egypt as a ruler of the land. That's the goal. But there can be no shortcuts to get there. And in, in, in this time that we're going, this is not an exciting time. It's sometimes frightening. Sometimes it's confusing. Sometimes we're trying to figure out, Father, well, please help us understand. I am, as a servant of the living God, this morning I want to encourage you with an urgency an urgency to, 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 to stop for a moment and say, what was the last thing? What was the last thing that the Spirit of the Lord put in my heart to do? And just go back and just take care of it and watch and see how the river will begin to flow because there are things holding back, holding back. If, if, I, if you could see a visual, a... a the way beavers work. You know, there's a flowing river. The, 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 the river or the stream flows. It's flowing, it's flowing, it's flowing. But they know that by, by blocking one branch in the wrong direction, then another will pile up against it, and then another, and then another. And what was once a stream turns into this huge dam, and the flow is cut off. And there's a lot of us that have these little things in the way. And they're simple things. They're not even complicated things. They're very simple things. Sometimes it's as simple as the Spirit of the Lord has just whispered and said, you know that drawer you have in your house that has everything in it? And from time to time you've been looking for something and you, and, 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 and you hear this voice, clean this thing up, fix it up, organize it. And you think it's your mind, it's your own thought, and, and so you put it aside. And, and, and then you come into the presence of God, and, and you want Him to begin to, to give you revelation and help you understand the things of the kingdom. And God is saying, that drawer is the things of the kingdom. If you don't do the small things, how can you be entrusted with the big things? 
Every single one of us has heard. Every single one of us. And it's simple. And sometimes what happens is, is, is we, we, we conform to that place where we feel comfortable. We're not really sinning. We're just, we're just comfortable. We'll get to it. There is no getting to it. We just have to take care of it. You know, there are certain scriptures that I personally really dislike speaking about because they take a little bit more of our, of our focus on the king of glory, it seems, and puts it a little bit on ours as to our part in this thing. And, I, and, I, and I, I hate going to that place because I'm so much in that place where I know that we must decrease and he must increase in us. But this morning, bear with me a little bit because there's a stirring in my spirit. Because there's a little bit of a log jam. A log jam in the, in, in the hearts of God's people. I, I, I'm reminded of, of the parable that Yeshua spoke. And, and, he, and he said that, that a man brought his servants out and, 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 and he gave one five talents. And to the next one, he gave two talents. And yet to a third, he gave one talent. And then it says, he gave them each according to their ability. And then he left. And when he returned some time later, he came to settle with his servants based on the talents that he gave them. And it says the one that had the five talents, he quickly, immediately as soon as the meeting was over, he ran out and he began to, to move and shake and do something with those talents. And by the time the, 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 the master returned, he had another five talents. He's had a total of ten. He received five. Now he had ten. And the master says, very good. And the master went over to the one who had given two talents. Less responsibility, less gifts, less something. He says, what did you do? And he says, immediately after you left, I know how you are. And I ran. And I began to work and trade and figure out a way to do something. And, and sure enough, here I have. I have four talents now. But he says that the third one looked at the master and he said, I know how ruthless you are. And I could not bear risk losing this talent that you gave me. I knew you would come back and ask for it, so what I did is I took the talent and I put it in, a, in the earth. I kept it safe for you. And here you are, and here it is. The master looked at him and he said, you know how ruthless I am. You know that I even reap in places I did not sow seed. I, I, in other words, I expect always an increase on my investment. Why would you place my investment on the earth when I gave it to you. You, you see, we don't understand. That 
You are the earthen vessel that he gave the talent to. You don't take, you don't take the gift and put it on the earth because the earth is not where the gift went. The earth went to the earthen vessel. It's the vessel that gets the blessing, not the earth. It's the earthen vessel. When God decided to do something in the beginning to show the universe who and how the universe was created, he did not breathe into the earth. He took from the earth and formed himself a vessel. And once he formed the vessel, then he blew into it and he expects an increase from the vessel that he blew into you don't take the gifts of God and keep them aside so that when he arrives you say you gave me this and this is back what you gave me there always has to be an increase if you can run a marathon Faster than any human. And that's your gift. By the time the master comes, you better run faster than you did before. He's not interested in you saying, I won the race. You did not win the race. The guy who came in last ran a little faster this time. And he's the one who gets the blessing. God is calling us at this hour to understand that we are the earthen vessels that he has placed his talent in according, according to the ability that he knew we had. He will never give you something that you're not able to do. He never asks you to stop doing a thing when he knows you can't stop it. He knows, he knows, he knows because with humans this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I am so blessed even in the natural to come in, in here and, and, and just, just seeing some of the v- servants of the Lord. You know, like someone will ask, you know, we, we need someone to volunteer downstairs. And, and there's, my God, there's someone who actually is saying, I'm going and I need a volunteer. And then someone rises up and goes, praise God. Next year, there's supposed to be 20 volunteers. Next, the year after, 100 teachers and 1,000 volunteers. God is looking for a multiplication. Nothing that is good needs to remain good. It has to be gooder. Everything he does, he doesn't care if this year you lay down your life to do this and that. Next year, you have to lay down your life to do this, that, that, and the other. Because the kingdom is a kingdom of multiplication. Every good seed multiplying after its own kind. Every good seed after its own kind. After its own kind. You have to begin to understand. It, it, it is a metal. It is a, it's a matter of, of, of understanding God's supernatural, ununderstandable reality that he is the greatest the greatest real estate real estate broker or 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 
I don't even have words to speak. He, he, he is looking for property. When, the, when, when, when they went into the promised land to spy out the land, the land is a symbol, a symbol of an earthen vessel that is filled with garbage. And God wanted them to know, you can go because you have my word. Once my word goes into that earthen vessel of garbage, it will be great. And this is why two men said, we can take the land, we can take the land, we can take the land. You have been taken. You are the earthen vessels that have been taken and you've been taken for a reason. Do not be satisfied. You know, we, we, we think that God is all upset and worried about sin. And, oh, I said a bad word today. And yesterday I done looked at something naughty. And, I, and we're all stuck on a stupid foolishness. <laughs> God doesn't have a problem with the sin. What he has a problem with is us conforming to the sin. Conforming to our situation. Conforming to everything smooth smooth sailing everything is okay god is never interested on taking a boat from one side to the other unless he sends forth a storm to cause everybody to say we're gonna die he says good that's the point of the journey coming to the reality that you are going to die (laughs) but in that reality you see That the Lord rises up. And you discover why you had to go to the other side. You had to go to the other side because there's an earthen vessel on the other side full of demons. And you have to go to the other side to set the captive free. And immediately, immediately when that man was set free from all these demons, he wants to follow Messiah. And Messiah says, you ain't following me. I'm sending you into the town that rejected me. I can't save them, but I'm sending you to save them. I can't speak to them, but I'm sending you to speak to them. You see, the earthen vessel is set free to go in the authority and the power of God to do that which Jesus himself could not do. Oh, glory. Somebody ought to say amen to that. Even he himself decided, I ain't going in there to save them. You go and tell them about the mighty works that God has done for you. And it all works. You know, this has nothing to do with nothing, but I'm going to say it anyway. You know, you, you think that the demons wanted to go into the pigs so that they could go into the water? Oh, no, 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 no. They wanted to go into the pigs because the pigs were very valuable in the land, but pigs were designed to clean out the atmosphere of junk. So when they were impregnated with demons, the pigs went and committed suicide because they have been put on earth to clean out the atmosphere, to clean out junk, to clean out dirt. So they, the pigs, are more faithful than the servants of the living God who are waiting for God to move. We need to understand. We need to understand. This is why he said, be hot or be cold. I can work with one or the other, but I cannot work with this 
pleasant, lukewarm moment where you're like, ah, the water's just fine. If it's just fine, it ain't no good. It needs to be turned up hotter or made colder, but just fine ain't going to work. And this humanity, this journey that we're on, constantly gravitates to, does it sound better? Does it feel more comfortable? We're constantly pulling back to where it feels good, where it feels comfortable. How's my head? Oh, headache, another aspirin. Come on, hook me up. How do you feel now? A little better, one more. Little, uh, how's it now? Oh, good, uh, give me one more just in case. You know, I'm, uh, because we don't settle. We don't settle until we feel comfortable. Not realizing that there's somebody rattling up this, this earthen vessel. And I know you can go ahead and blame the devil all you want. But let me tell you something. The day is coming where the Lord says, you know what? Stop, stop, stop blaming the one who's rattling your cage. It may not be him. It may be me. Why are you giving him the glory for messing with you? I am messing with you. And this is what Joseph realized when he got to Egypt and he saw the plan of God. He said, what happened to me did not come from you. It did not come from Satan. It came from the Lord. We look, we look at these stories, we see these things, we, we, we ponder on them, but we forget that we are the vessels that God chose to bring into this generation to work the mighty works of God that Jesus himself could not do in his time. And now he does them in us, through us. You know, at some point, at some point, you just got to like step out. At some point, you got to step out. There's a woman bleeding for, for 12 years. She spent all her money. She went to every doctor. 12 years bleeding. In a culture that believes that your physical condition is a result of your sin. And you are unclean. Therefore you cannot even come into the synagogue to hear an encouraging message from the Lord. And nobody can come near you. Nobody can touch you. You are void of that, of, that, of that intimacy with human beings. Nobody can come and comfort you because they will be unclean along with you. And you can conform to that. You can do that for a year or two or three or, or ten or eleven. But on the twelfth year, when you hear that the rabbi of all rabbis, the king of kings, is coming from your land to your land or to your street or to your house or to your your neighborhood, 
Suddenly, you can't stand the reality that has been placed on you. And you need to step into a new reality. And you don't care that the men are saying, go back home, woman. You're going to make us dirty. She don't care. With her stench, she walks and pushes through the crowd. She moves the rabbis aside. She moves the priests aside. She doesn't care. She makes everybody unclean. Because she just needs to grab a hold of the tzitzi, of the one who can heal her. And I know we're not yet equipped to handle every situation. I know that. But I want to encourage you because God is arising in his people so that we can endure and take care of every situation. The blind will see. The dead will rise. Do not conform to the understanding you have at this time based on the experience you've had with the Lord up to this time. He is greater than what you know. His compassion is greater than what you know. His ways are greater than you know. His mercy is greater than you know. His forgiveness is greater than you know. His ability to transform the untransformable is greater than you know. But this step is awakening that you're the vessel. You're the earthen vessel. This thing cannot be laid aside. You cannot save it for him. It has to come into you. Once it comes into you, it'll begin to manifest what it's supposed to manifest. Oh, I just wish I had the time to expound on what happened with Gideon. Because Gideon, like everybody else, was dealing with the same realities that we face now. Everything is against us. Everything is against us. We've been praying, 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 praying some more. And praying and praying and praying. And at first we're like, ah, God can do it. Ah, God can do it. You know, after a while, you know, there's so many, God can do it. You know, and then tomorrow he don't do nothing. And then five days from now, God, hallelujah, he can do it. You know, and after about a year or two, that's like, well, the Lord is faithful. The Lord can do it. You know, and about 10 years later, it's like, Lord, are you going to do it? Are you going to do something? What's happening? Lord, oh Lord, please. You know, you know, because we think that because things are level with us, things are level with God. Nothing is ever level with God. Nothing is ever level with Him. He's dealing with things. He's shifting things. He's revealing things. Oh Lord, Elijah. In the cave, I'm the only one. Ain't nobody else. Oh, Lord, Jesus, God Almighty. Ain't nobody else. Lord, Elijah, shut up. 7,000. You think you're the only one? 7,000 have not bowed their knees to Baal. Stop your crying little party. (laughs) Snap out of it. Gideon, the least of his clan, a tiny half-tribe, a nobody. And all they could do is they would harvest a little land, run into the hills, and hide. 
And then look around. And when, and when the enemies were not there, they're running over and they grab a couple sheets and run and hide again. And have a little food to eat. And they had been doing this for a very long time. He's a nobody. He sees himself as a nobody. And then, and then one day, he's doing the same old thing. He's doing it. He brings a little sheath. You know, I'm going to use the sheath. God help me. I hope I don't break nothing here today. Okay. He puts it down. And he's hiding. He's hiding behind a wine vat. You know, he ain't even on the threshing floor. He has to go. He has to go to the winery. Oh, I wish I had time to tell you why he goes to the winery. Because you see, in the winery, that's when the wine is pressed. God is saying, you need to go hide in the place where, where the wine is pressed. See, the wine is pressed for the end of the, of the festival of Sukkot. God is saying, while you're sitting here hiding, just drink a little wine. I'm telling you, something good is coming. You don't see it right now. It's coming. But he don't see it because he's just so hungry. He needs to, 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 to tap on the little sheets so he can eat a little meal hiding behind a wine vat. And while he's hiding with his little butt up and eating and munching on it, Oh Lord, oh Jesus, oh Lord. All of a sudden, he feels like a wave, a wind behind him. And he's like, ah! You know, he looks over and he looks over and there's this mighty angel looking at him. I mean, this angel is like, it's like so tall, like, like a mountain. So Elijah's looking up way up into the sky. He's like, God help, what is that? You know, he's looking at him and the mighty angel, the mighty angel looks at Gideon. Uh, by the way, bear with me. Gideon may turn into Elijah, Noah, Moses. I don't even know who he is. He says, it don't matter. Because an earthen vessel is an earthen vessel. Don't go home and say, that was not biblical. That never happened to Noah. This is another Noah. This is the Gideon Noah. Who is, all right, it's going to be all right. So he's over there, and he's eating. And he looks up, and it's mighty, mighty. Angel of the Lord. Let me tell you something. The angels of the Lord are so mighty that when they show up for battle, they don't even have to pull their sword out of their sheath. Their presence causes the enemy to mess their pants and the war ends immediately. There is no battle. There is no fighting. When the angel of the Lord shows up, ain't nobody pulling out a sword and saying, okay, let's do this. Ain't happening. So here he is, this mighty angel of the Lord, power, authority, looks at Gideon and addresses him such, Gideon, mighty warrior of the Lord. What? He bugging, man. This dude's bugging. <laughs> he can't be talking to me. This is the most majestic and powerful entity Gideon has ever seen with his eyes. And that entity addresses him as a mighty, mighty, mighty warrior of the God of Israel. And, and he's like, well... Hold on a second. I got to finish my little meal here. What? <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to play along. You're going to have to show me a sign. 
<laughs> you just imagine like, you know, seven stories high. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll have to show you a sign. <laughs> you know, what? Gideon, what are you thinking? What's going on? Susanna, I, I ain't believing until I see a sign. You know, it's, it cracks me up. I ain't doing it. I need to pray about it. I, I need confirmation from the Lord. You know, and, I, and, and if, I, if the Lord don't talk to me, then I need to confirmation from you and you and I, oh, you don't count because you're taking a little nap that's all right but it's you and you it's gonna be all right it's gonna be all right it don't matter you see you see because what we're trying to do is we are trying to prove to the angel that we are not what the angel said we are why is everybody laughing this is this is visuals visuals are good that, that. We're trying to convince, we're trying to bring the word of the Lord to our level. We're trying to bring the word, the promise, the, 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 the word that God is speaking to us. He's about to put the word into the vessel, which is us. And we're trying to convince God, you need to come to my level. And God is saying, I ain't coming to your level. You need to come to my level. And because we couldn't get to his level, he came down to ours so he can walk in us. Because he knows we just can't do it. So he says, fine, then I'll be it. I will come to your level and I will be in you. But I'm only working with earthen vessels. I'm not working with earth. And you are the earthen vessels because you are shaped in the image of God. There ain't no dirt shaped like you. You're the, ver- you're the vessels. Uh, yeah, whatever. I need a sign. So the angel says, go get yourself a meal. Put it on the rock. And the angel's thinking, all right, I got I got to come up with an idea that's going to sound miraculous to a human. <laughs> like God has to put water on top of the meal so that he can bring the fire. And the human's like, oh, water on top of the food and the water and the fire. Oh, it's a miracle. Seriously? Like you don't know that he is the fire and the water and the rock and the lamb or the sacrifice that was put on the rock and the bread? Like he's everything you just put there to prove to yourself that this is a miracle. He is the miracle. He's all the components that have been put on that rock. And he's even the rod. <laughs> and when he goes, psh, fire comes up. And Gideon's like, oh, shoot. Ay, ay, ay. It's a miracle, man. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Okay. What do I do now? But you know what? As funny as it is, this is the moment that Gideon goes from this posture to now what? Now what? I want to tell you, God, God, God has shown you already that the promises and the words and the revelations that he has promised for you in your life, he's already proven to you by miracles, by miracles. 
that he knows what he's saying when he came into you. And for God's sake, don't look at him and say, what do I do next? And then say, but wait a minute, let me go finish the little meal I was eating over here. God wants to shake us out of the place of comfort that we may be used for the next step. And God will not use you for the big things because he knows you're not prepared for that. So he brings you a step at a time. A step at a time. One step at a time. Sweet Jesus. That don't mean what we think. (laughs) That means we are the walking sweet Jesus taking one step at a time. Because that sweet Jesus, Yeshua, is living in these earthen vessels, taking one step at a time. One step at a time is from glory to glory, from hope to hope, deep calling on to deep, higher, higher, lower, lower. I'm glad you showed me what you showed me yesterday, but today I am that I am, and you do not change. And yesterday you showed me something new, which means today you must show me something new. As this I am in me takes yet another step. There are situations, there are broken brothers and sisters that we have. They will remain broken, not because there's something wrong with them, but because we have not taken the next step to get to the place where we can manifest the glory of God and touch them and transform them in a twinkling of an eye. What's the next step? Well, basically what you're going to do is you're going to tear down the, the altar of Baal. Because the first step in this walk is always to tear down that thing that has reason itself above <laughs> The knowledge of God. And this little vessel says, oh, damn, man. Brother, you're bugging, man. Come on, give me something simple. Can the next step be like spending a little more time praying with the Lord? Can the next time be I just need to get into the word? I just need to get into the word. Come on, give me something I can do. (laughs) No, God knows what is impossible, but he gives you a small level of impossibility to do so that he can give you a bigger level of impossible to do so he can give you a bigger level of impossible to do. So he says, all right, we're going to go ahead and tear that thing down. But we're going to do it at nighttime when everybody's sleeping. (laughs) And he did. And I know it doesn't seem like a great, valiant, brave thing, but you know what? God bless him because that little vessel took that little step. He took that little step and he did a little something that began to change. See, God doesn't need us to do the great things. He just needs us to take that next little step. He needs us to take that little next step. So he can trust into us more of his glory. After he took down Baal, then God says, now I'm going to give you another step. Because you see, you guys are being oppressed by, by an army of the enemy that has numbers so big, the scripture says that you could not even count the camels. If you can't count the camels, how are you going to ca- count the warriors? 
The army was so vast against the people of Israel, nobody had an army to go against them. And the Lord said, Gideon, mighty warrior. Not only are you a mighty warrior, but you are going to lead. You're going to lead in this war to take down the enemy camp. Like, you were going to go from this posture to this posture to the authority of God. Because you're the earthen vessel I'm doing this with. And Gideon says, all right, um, Lord, you're going to have to show me a sign. <laughs> it's so funny. How many signs do you need? You know, and we laugh, <laughs> but God is asking you this morning, how many signs do you need to see to take that next step? How many more signs, how many more miracles do you need to see to stop conforming to that level whether it's sin or, or whether it's just a lifestyle that is just like, you, you, know, you know you probably should be doing something else, but you know what, you're tired, you just need to work and come home. Or maybe you're conforming to your job because you're waiting for your retirement. Hey, there ain't no retirement in the kingdom of heaven. I'm telling you right there, when I took the job, I said, oh, what are the benefits? It says, there are no benefits, you're going to die. There's no 401k in the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> there is, it's going to be okay, but there's no 401k. He's got this. He's got this. <laughs> we need another sign. We need another sign. All right, all right. And then, and then okay, this is what's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm going to take a little fleece and put it out in the morning. If the fleece is wet and everything else is dry, that's the sign. The Lord's like, oh, that, <laughs> I thought he was going to come up with a better idea. You know, like, <laughs> I want to see, you know, the mother of Jesus levitating in a cloud. Oh, wait a minute. She wasn't born yet. That's all right. But he could have asked for that. He could have asked for that. I'm just saying, you know, don't freak out. He could have asked for that. You know, he, 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 the sky's the limit. God didn't say, okay, that you have to ask for something, but it has to, has to do with fleece and water. No, God didn't say that. That came out of him. So he just came up with the idea, fleece, wet, ground, dry. The morning he looks, fleece is wet, ground is dry. Ah, I need confirmation. <laughs> I need confirmation. Go, la get, go ahead and laugh because we're doing the same thing. I need confirmation. I need the fleece to be dry. <laughs> and the earth wet. Next morning he looks up. Fleece is dry. Earth is wet. Oh, God. Dang it. Ah. So what am I supposed to do now? You're going to lead an army against the Amalekites. All right. Hey, everybody, we're going to have a war. You want to come? come? Somebody, I need some warriors. Somebody, anyone. The Lord is with us. He showed me the fleece. He told me I'm the mighty warrior. It's going to be okay. 
And somehow he managed to gather thousands of people that way. And you, you want to go? You want to come with me? You don't mind? Yeah, all right. You sure? <laughs> you know, it's going to be all right. A couple other guys over there. I don't want the bald guys. I'm worried about that. They're too old, I think. So he gathered a bunch of men. And he's like, all right, Lord, we're ready. And the Lord looks at that pathetic bunch and he says, Gideon, you have way too many warriors. Tell those who are afraid to go home. Gideon is like, you got to be kidding me. Can I go home? <laughs> so he says to the warriors, he says, whoever is afraid, you don't have to stay. But we'll think you're a sissy. We really need you guys. Please, come on. What are you doing? They all started walking away. More than half left. Ay, ay, ay. Because what God is saying is, what I'm going to do, you got too many humans. The humans are going to think that this had something to do with them, and this ain't got nothing to do with them. I need you to win this battle, but it's not the way you think you're going to win it. It's not going to be a battle won by human hands. It's a, it's a battle won by kingdom of heaven, and kingdom of heaven does not need humans to do anything. It just needs earthen vessels. So there he was with half an army walking, and the Lord says, stop. Too many people. Too many people. Bring them all down to the river and have them drink. Those who get down like dogs and just lap the water like a dog, put them on one side. And those who, you know, are the manly men who go down in one knee like they're proposing to their brides, and they drink the water like real men, Put them to the other side. And those who were lapping like little dogs, there was 300 of them. And the rest were the manly men. And I said, send all those manly men home. All I need is the ones, the 300. Never once, never once <laughs> did Gideon believe this was possible. Even after this, he's trembling, and God brought him up to a high hill where they could look down into the valley and see a sea of people. But here's the amazing thing. When Gideon took these little baby crooked steps, he, he, they weren't valiant, they, they were no faith, but he kept taking these little baby steps. And as he took the baby steps up to the mountain, he looked over and God showed them the sea of army. And God describes the sea of army as grasshoppers. That's how it's described. They are like a sea of grasshoppers. It's amazing that when we take those little steps that God is pulling us through, he's going to have us see the enemy as grasshoppers, which is the opposite that the children of Israel saw the giants of the land and Gideon was there shaking on the mountain and says my God I can't even count God knows how weak we are he understands he's just pulling us to take another little step <laughs> And at night, someone had a vision, an amazing vision, a dream 
they saw a bread made of barley roll down into the camp and it knocked the tents over. And it was an encouraging dream to Gideon because it meant that the Lord is with them and the Lord was going to give them victory. It's amazing that it was a piece of bread made out of barley because the only bread you can make from barley is from the barley season, which is around Passover. God is saying, I am the bread. I am the Passover that's going to come and cross over this thing and give you victory. He's the one. He's showing them. It's I. I am the living bread of Passover. I am that bread, that barley bread of Passover that destroy your enemies. You won't even need to raise a sword on this fight. And with that, with that, Gideon was impressed to have a battle strategy. 100 there, 100 here, 100 there. And he said that they were to have earthen vessels. And they were to have a trumpet. And they were to put a torch inside of the earthen vessels. And when they sounded the trumpet, they broke the earthen vessels and all that was left was the torch on fire. Don't you know that the torch is Yeshua? You're the vessel. He's hiding inside of you, but the trumpet shall sound and we shall be changed in a twinkling of an eye don't wait for the events to come be aware that that event is happening even now if you have ears to hear what the lord is saying and as that earthen vessel was shattered the camp of the enemy looked up and they saw the torches on fire The same torches that many years back Abraham saw when he was put to a sleep and he saw an oven and a torch go through the sacrifice. When the enemy sees that the battle is the Lord's, they have to flee. You are the earthen vessels. And Adonai is drawing you Higher, deeper, closer. Even if you can't do it for a week, say, Lord, Lord, just help me to take a little baby step once a week. You know, it could be so simple. You could find yourself, for example, on Facebook, and you see a little video, and you click on it, and it's really cool and funny, you know? And then, and then you swipe it, and there's another one. They're only like... 30 or 40 seconds long. The amazing thing is I was doing that the other day, and it was like three hours later. They were only like 30 to 40 seconds long, but multiplied by like 100 of those. And I realized that I, I spent countless hours, you know, just watching. There was in the enclosure, eating a banana. <laughs> Bam! Okay, no, never mind. See, I'm all messed up. The Lord, the Lord is getting us, each and every one of us. There's not a single one of us here that the Lord at this moment isn't saying, you know what I said to you last time? 
Take that little step and do it. Because you're the generation. You are the generation of the 300 torches that lit up the night sky and caused the enemy to flee. The Lord bless you and keep you. Shine his face upon you. Be gracious to you. Be merciful to you. May he give you perfect, perfect shalom. I don't know. I bless you.